Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here and welcome everyone back to our Lisk series, the Long Island Serial Killing series. And uh, who better to talk to when we talk about overall corruption and the year that was, uh, 2021, then someone who's had a, such a distinguished career on the bench as presiding officer of Suffolk County and uh, in many different capacities in, uh, in his career. But one thing is that he's always followed a moral compass and, uh, and, and not uh, the political leadership necessarily. I mean, he, um, he, he stands alone in my mind of individuals that uh, that you you would go to talk to about a moral issue a a serious moral issue who better to read about and to read his thoughts than greg blass uh your honor how are you good morning frank thank you for your very kind introduction and happy new year yeah happy new year to you and listen your your writing is is wonderful and it's uh and it's very poignant you wouldn't see those type of articles in newsday let's say you wouldn't see those type of articles in uh in in the in the mainstream press where uh, again I, I i don't know why uh, Newsday hasn't uh, hasn't covered things the way that you have, but um, uh, you know, kudos, kudos, and congratulations on on the articles that you've written on the corruption in, involving Suffolk County. Thank you, Frank. They they appear uh, every month now, um, sometimes every two weeks in Riverhead Local, an online newspaper, and I appreciate that you've pointed them out. Uh, and you're right, the. Um, Maybe it's because Newsday is a monopoly as far as daily uh, press goes. We have the Long Island press to a degree, but not as dominant as Newsday. And they have no real competition. And they exploit that by selectively reporting the news. And in a way, that contributes to the problems we have, such as with uh, the Long Island serial killings. And it contributes to the problems we've had with corruption, uh, especially on the Suffolk County level. You know, something that, that you may not know um, is that Tanya Lopez, who, you know, she wrote a, a groundbreaking uh, uh, story or a group of uh, and it, uh, reporting. She did some serious reporting for Newsday that exposed the, uh, the Burke situation with him beating up. Uh, the the prisoner Christopher Loeb while he was in handcuffs and and actually she kind of got shooed away from Newsday but she is going to be Ray Tierney's spokesperson and press person um, for the DA's office which uh, a lot of people are excited about. I think that is great news. I think the whole idea, the whole result of the election insofar as the DA's race for Suffolk County is concerned, um, is, uh, is exhilarating and it is, uh, I think it's going to bring daylight into the nighttime of of uh, miserable corruption in Suffolk County, um, where we have so many good people in law enforcement, but the people who get to the top of it in, in some instances have been a disaster, and it's going to take a while for this new DA who holds much promise for us to turn things around. One of the first things that he said, uh, even before he took office, is is that he's going to take everything 
involving the the serial killing and he's going to put it in a neutral room he's going to put it in a a room where anyone that's investigating it in other words the 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 fbi uh the uh, uh u.s uh, attorney's office and any other police offices that uh that need to get to it he's going to put that uh information all the information in a in a room where uh, where all of them will have access to him now that's a departure from where we've been in the past the the uh, police department suffolk county um has been terrible on information regarding uh the the serial killing and and certainly the da's office uh in tim Sinney and before that tom spoda have done nothing on this case as far as investigation goes um I, again before you you comment on that your honor let me remind folks of who they're listening to greg blass uh is a, a retired judge and uh, presiding officer of suffolk county what a career he had and is still having. His, his writing is just absolutely terrific and, and poignant and, and enlightening, and I'm thrilled to have him here as our guest. Uh, but everything I just said there as far as the the DA, uh, DA uh, Tierney, putting the information where the feds can get at it, and uh, it, again, a real departure from where we've been in Suffolk County. Uh, it sure is. And as a matter of fact, it's almost 180 degrees opposite of where we've been in Suffolk County. We have to remember that we had a uh, police chief of department of Suffolk County who, uh, before his own uh, conviction uh, and, um, and incarceration for sentencing, he actually obstructed the investigation of the serial killings at Gilgo by actually pushing the FBI out of the investigation after they had been in it for a while. And the question lingers to this date, what exactly motivated that? And where was the police commissioner at the time, who was, by the way, Tim Seney, who later became the district attorney, he was the police commissioner. He apparently looked the other way when Burke pushed the FBI out of the investigation. What was that about? To this day, we still don't have that answer. But um, not to harp on the past, I agree with you. Um, Ray Tierney, the, um, the new district attorney just sworn in, has been a breath of fresh air already. Uh, and that um, plan that he announced um, during the campaign is uh, is such a needed reform to the process that Suffolk has suffered and these families of these poor victims uh, have suffered all this time. Uh, Your Honor, have you gotten pushback uh, on your articles either from uh, law enforcement or the, the politicians? Have people called you and said, you know, how dare oh, you? Oh, def definitely. Definitely. Um, we we actually uh, have had uh, um, people who are on the staff of the current county executive who insisted that uh, some of my columns be removed, be, be taken off uh, the posting on the online uh, newspaper. And um, to her credit, 
uh, the publisher of Riverhead Local, Denise Civiletti, uh, each and every time refused to do so. And there have been mutterings. There have been uh, third, fourth-hand messages that get to me. Uh, and I, I consider it a compliment. It shows that um, what we're doing uh, with these columns, um, it, it's, it's, they're factual, uh, where there's opinion expressed. They're based on fact. And um, they're well read. We're able to see that the column, uh, even if it's in the Riverhead local um, titled uh, news organ, in fact, is widely read by tens of thousands of people in Suffolk County. And a lot of work goes into it. And we stand by them, my publisher and I. Um, uh, every one of them, because um, we know that not only true, but they're needed. As you've said before, they are. Um, we we have so few channels to hear some truthful, comprehensive, investigative type of uh, renditions of what's going on, and that um, one thousand pages of uh, of documents the government, federal government, prepared in the Spoda trial that the federal judge released after the trial uh, is just an example. No, no one else really wanted to write about it. Newsday touched upon it, but there was so much more that they left out that we put in. Well, let's talk about your your column. Let's talk about it uh, a bit and and explain to us as if we've never heard it before that we've never read it. Uh, start from the beginning uh, and and you touched on it that the the federal uh, court judge released this and and this is this is wonderful because this is uh, this is transparency. But uh, what's what's in those pages that you think we would be surprised to find out? Well, first and foremost, uh, the former county executive, uh, Steve Levy, was targeted by, uh, and this is amazing to, to, to even talk about this, but it actually happened, that the former county executive, Steve Levy, was disliked by the trio of Spoda, McPartland, his aide, who was also convicted and sentenced, uh, and uh, Burke as chief of police, because um, actually he wasn't chief of police at the time, but the PBA apparatus, the, the big shots at the top of the PBA, saw him as an enemy because he wouldn't give them the chief that they wanted. And they engineered his, re his decision not to run for office again by coming up with things that we still don't know about that led to some kind of an agreement to have him, have him not run again and release his campaign funds. But um, I don't want to digress into that too much, just to explain that how can we have a DA who wanted his protege, uh, Burke, to become police chief, and the county executive refused to do it. He helps another county, he helps that county executive ease his way out of office, puts in through active campaigns that the PBA substantially funded to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. Um, that executive gets in, announces this sham of a nationwide search for a new police commissioner, um, and then really only appointed a police commissioner from Suffolk ranks who, uh, one, who met one condition, and that new police commissioner, Ed Weber, was going to appoint James Burke as the new police chief. And he did. And uh, at that point, a reign of terror began. 
um, police officers that the new police chief didn't like or illegally surveil. This is all in these documents. They were intimidated. Life was made miserable um, for them in their careers, and uh, their promotions were hindered if he didn't like them. Uh, it was a whole new ball game. And all through this, with warnings channeled to the county executives time and again, the exec the elected officials, the county executives and the police commissioner and his successor, Tim Seney, as police commissioner, uh, all ignored it because they knew that the in crowd in law enforcement, namely Spoda and McPartland, who were feared people, uh, elected officials who were feared by other elected officials, had their way. Amazing. I, I, and if you're just joining us or just turning on your radio, Greg Blass is the voice you're hearing, a retired judge and former presiding officer of Suffolk County's legislature and a columnist uh, for the Riverhead Local, which, uh, by the way, sounds very local. But let me tell you, it it gets out there. His articles are spread around uh, like no others that, that I've seen. And, and he is... He is talking about things that you wish uh, Newsday would talk about. And uh, again, Greg Blass is our very special guest on our LISC series as we start off this new year. Uh, Your Honor, the the thousand pages that uh, that were there and you, and you touched on Levy. And I know that we'd need a whole other show to go into that. But uh uh, the the least we should say about it uh, is is what you've touched on. Uh, they did not want Levy. The cops did not want Levy. Spoda, uh, Burke uh, did not want Levy, and and they they cleared the way for someone that would be their guy. And uh, uh, there was a lot of of information about James Burke, about Jimmy Burke. There were I think over two thousand pages of. Um, of internal affairs reports on Burke linking him to prostitutes and prostitution rings and, and drugs and, and uh, you know, losing his weapon or having other people uh, have, you know, all types of things. And I don't know that those internal affairs reports exist at this point. Uh, what do you know about what, what should have been known about Jim Burke before he was appointed to be the police chief by Steve Ballone? Well, Steve Ballone had been given ample warning, both in direct comments from members of the county legislature in his own party, from uh, anonymous letters uh, that police officers had sent him pleading with him not to facilitate the uh, appointment of Burke as police chief. And he ignored them all. And um, interesting that you mention um, the uh, internal affairs reports because uh, something else that um, Newsday only briefly mentioned once um, in a report on a public safety committee meeting of the county legislature, never mentioned it again, but there were a number of internal affairs reports that um, uh, were, in fact, 84 of, of them, 84 separate cases in internal affairs of the police department that the then commissioner of police, Tim Seney, uh, agreed to erase and, and purge from the files of the department. Uh, and, he, and he did that within days 
of getting the PBA um, union support for his plan to run for district attorney of Suffolk County. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that there are 84 cases that they say they didn't prosecute um, and that failure to have prosecuted them made them get old and therefore it wasn't right to have them around anymore. Well, why did the police commissioner, he was police commissioner for 18 months, Sini was, of the time Burke was chief, why did he not pursue those 84 internal affairs reports and prosecute them? Why did he not prosecute them and then say, well, we got to get rid of them because they're not They've not been prosecuted. That, that to me, is a, um, a, a ticking time bomb that's waiting to go off if someone has the ability to access what those reports were and what they're about. Because the Suffolk County Legislature's Public Safety Committee is certainly not going to look into them. They're, they're too heavily influenced by the PBA. The um, Suffolk County Executive also a product of PBA largesse, is not going to look into those 84 missing reports. And, this, and the new, so, so there again, our hope is with our new district attorney, um, and hopefully he will revive just what those reports were about, what police officers were involved. Some of those 84 reports, it's come back to me, uh, involved complaints by police officers themselves against other police officers. And yet um, some deal was made, they were dropped, then uh, CNE said as commissioner that he's going to run for DA, then he got the support and the tens of thousands of dollars that the PBA gave in his campaigns followed after that. Yeah, uh, tens of thousands. I mean, it's it, more like hundreds of thousands, I believe, if you look at it uh, uh, closer. I mean, it's it, I'll tell you, it, it, it's always a breath of fresh air to hear this man's voice uh, is Greg Blass, uh, retired judge and uh, and also former presiding officer of Suffolk County's legislature. Greg Blass is our very special guest, Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, Greg is our guest. I. Once again, Your Honor, we got a we got a couple of moments here before we have to break. But the the monumental year that we had in 2021, we saw the sentencing of a district attorney. I don't know that that's ever happened in Suffolk County before, and his uh, his chief aide in Chris McPartland, and it it cre uh, it created the the triangle of uh, of people that were convicted. Uh, and and again, Burke, uh, as we mentioned, did 46 months, or at least was uh, sentenced to 46 months without a fight. The other two, uh, Spoda and McPartland, uh, you know, they fought it out in a trial, but uh, but Burke uh, didn't want any part of a trial, and I think maybe to protect uh, all types of things from happening, and, and, he, and he took that plea deal. Um, but have you ever seen this in... In any administration, I mean, this is part of the Balone administration, the Balone Spoda administration. But those three top men uh, being convicted uh, and and sent to federal prison, uh, to me, this is unheard of, at least around here. No, this is this has never happened before. This is un unprecedented, as you said, and the the, um, uh, the central part of this is that if 
um, if if Burke had gone to trial, a lot more would have come out. And many say that the Spoda-McPartland trial was actually uh, the chance for many of the witnesses uh, to testify, who would have testified in the Burke trial. And that thousand-page uh, set of documents that the judge released contains a lot of the information that would have happened in, in a Burke trial as well. But the, the bottom line is that um, it was all almost an accident. It almost never happened that all these revelations came out. And it all happened because Burke lost his temper. Up till then, he was protected by the county executive and protected by the police commissioner. I, I believe, I would submit, even they even feared him. But because he lost his temper and beat up a handcuffed suspect uh, for stealing uh, his duffel bag out of his car, um, uh, that led to the cover-up it led to the um indictment of the of not only burke but the uh, county district attorney and all of this opened up and it yet is only perspective there are still a lot of question marks we've discussed that some of them such as what really happened with these gilgo beach investigations what really happened with those uh internal affairs reports that uh were were erased Uh, there's so much more that has to be done and hopefully as we've mentioned, the new district attorney will be a breath of fresh air where it's so desperately needed. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, uh, a part two coming up of of Greg Blass, a former uh, former judge and and former presiding officer. Uh, just he is the breath of fresh air, as uh, as is the the new district attorney Ray Tierney. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. <laughs>